We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's go now to the Wester hotline, though. Let's turn our attention to the Bills' offensive side of the football. Dan Pizzuta from Sharp Football Analysis, at Dan Pizzuta on Twitter. Dan, Joe, and Lou here in Buffalo. First off, thank you for joining us and uh, taking the time out on your Saturday. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. So, great piece, I thought, on Stephon Diggs. It was really like the, the sole reason that I wanted to get you on because we were going to spend time on the Bills' receiving core today, maybe more so because there are questions about how healthy it is. Diggs has been limited at practice. Cole Beasley has been limited at practice, although nothing that should really deter their abilities in this game tomorrow. Gabriel Davis is the bigger question mark. He is questionable um, with a knee injury. Before we get into – with an ankle injury. Before we get into Diggs more specifically, I want to ask you about Gabriel Davis because in your piece talking about Diggs, you've got a stat there about basically the Bills – deep passes down the field, and Davis has led them in targets and really in production going down the field. So it looks like if he doesn't play, that's actually a big piece of their offense they'll be missing. Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, he's been really good. He did lead them in in deep targets, and he was just – I mean, that's kind of what he did at UCF. He was kind of a a go-and-screen type of guy, and especially in the beginning of the season, that's how Buffalo used him. Uh, but I think this wide receiver group is so deep, and that's one thing I've really been impressed with Buffalo this season. They're going, you know, six or seven deep. Isaiah McKenzie could technically play that role. He, you know, slid in there. He's been, like, kind of the jet sweep guy for most of the season. Uh, but when they were down, Davis and Cole Beasley, he was able to slide in there uh, late in the regular season. Uh, and I know they just activated Kenny Stills from the mm-hmm. practice squad. So to have Kenny Stills just kind of sitting there, um, just being ready to be promoted, uh, for a game like this, like they're they're going seven and eight deep. I mean, you look at what they were playing against Baltimore last week. Um, you know, Baltimore was designing their best plays for Willie Sneed, and uh, <laughs> and Buffalo just goes you know seven guys deep. Yeah. And I think they have a couple of guys who can who can be going in there. So if Kenny Stills needs to play for a not one hundred percent Gabriel Davis, I'm not sure that's uh, really a downgrade. But I think they just have a whole bunch of guys that are able to play a whole bunch of roles. Right. And that's really been one of the cool things for, for this Buffalo receiving core this, this year. So you wrote on Diggs, and you wrote on, almost more specifically, his ability to get open on the comeback route and w- what a high percentage of his receptions this year have come on that route. I thought that was interesting, and it, it stood out to me right away because last year I made a point at how often it seemed Allen and John Brown were hooking up on that specific route. Um, but it's not just about the comeback. I don't know, like... Dan, it seems like Diggs has just come in here and he has just 
as much as you could be a well-versed, all-around great wide receiver that does everything, I feel like that's Diggs this year. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like in, in the modern NFL right now, it, it, it's a passing league, but it's also you know a, a separation league. And either the good teams are either figuring out how to scheme up separation for their receivers or they're targeting receivers who can create separation on their own. And I think the best teams, you look at you know, the Chiefs and now the Bills right now, they are teams that are able to do both. They're getting these wide receivers who can get separation on their own, and they're also putting them into a scheme that is helping them out. Uh, and I think that's been a big part of Diggs this year. It's been a big part of why Josh Allen has improved in accuracy because he's not throwing these contested catches that much anymore. Uh, and that, that's been a huge thing. And, and Diggs especially, especially like with these comeback routes, which is what I, I was really just – I've been amazed by it all season. And just the more I looked at it, the more fascinated I got of how high of a percentage that was. I mean, Stephon Diggs on these curls and comebacks, are, um, you know, more targets than – Anyone over the past at least five years since the, the data set that I had has gone back. And it's so much of because of the threat he has vertically, right? So these quarterbacks are waiting for him to beat them over the top because that's what he did in Minnesota. And I, a couple of film clips I had in that piece, as soon as these cornerbacks are flipping their hips to try to run down the field with them, Diggs is able to stop. Uh, just at a moment's notice, is able to turn around, and it's a wide-open throw for Josh Allen. Sometimes they do that well enough that there's yards after the catch available there. Uh, and then you also look later in the piece and said, you know, Stephon Diggs has done more in the slot this year than he did almost in his past two years in Minnesota combined. So they're able to move him around, get him on routes that are creating separation. He's able to do that on his own. Uh, and that's really just been the key to opening up a lot of this Bills passing offense this year. Yeah, Dan, I mean, Diggs has helped Josh Allen in so many ways down the field, you know, like you said, right after the catch, these comeback routes. But you just mentioned what I kind of want to dig deeper into is um, Diggs' slot production because I think you're seeing more and more over the past couple years, you look at Devontae Adams specifically, who's also playing tomorrow, teams are using their star receivers inside way more. And in your piece, I mean, you said Diggs has 93 targets, 75 catches, over 1,000 yards inside. I mean, that's been huge, and it's not just the Bills that are doing this now. It feels like a lot of teams want to put their best pass catcher inside. Right, especially when you have someone like Diggs or a Devontae Adams, uh, where you can get those two-way goes, right? If you have a guy on the outside, there's really only so many places that route can go. When you put someone in the slot, there's you know, a, a number of places where those routes can go. And when you have someone like Diggs, who is just such a great route runner, um, and then you, you can look at some mismatches. I had a, a play in here from last week. You know, the Baltimore Ravens have Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, two of the better corners in the league, who play mostly outside. You move Diggs inside. He was now against Tremont Williams. He's going to actually suit up for the Packers uh, this week now. But you get him on a mismatch. Sometimes it's a linebacker uh, if they're you know, playing base. Sometimes it's a slot corner. Sometimes it's a safety. But that's a guy that probably shouldn't be um, going – against Diggs one-on-one, that's someone who the defense is not game-planning to go against Diggs one-on-one. So you're getting a, a mismatch there also just in, in the skill. And then you add on top of how much Diggs can do. And when you have a, a great slot guy like Cole Beasley, there's been a couple of times this year where they put them both in the slot, stack them. Uh, and there was, there was another play uh, against Baltimore uh, where they had Beasley run a little sit route and Diggs mm-hmm. ran a little over route on top of them. Um, and you just put the defense in complete conflict when you have two guys like that who can run into the slot. 
Dan, how, how surprised have you been that like all of this can work with Josh Allen as the quarterback? Because like last year, all of these these route concepts that we're talking about and having a wide receiver that you can stick anywhere on the field and he's going to find a way to get open, running a scheme where it's getting these guys open in the first place, It all to, for all of it to come together, it really did take Allen making that stride. And like you mentioned, there was the, the one clip that you had in there where Diggs is running, he's running straight ahead, he waits for the corner to flip his hips, and then he turns on the brakes. And I thought back to a comment that Allen made with Chris Sims on NBC this past week, where him and Diggs, before the play, they know what route he's running, but they don't necessarily always have it written in ink at how many yards he's going to hit the brakes on. Like For some quarterbacks, Allen's like, well, they want him to stop at eight yards so that they know right when it's going to happen. So... Allen's ability to come forward in accuracy, and I think, tell me if I'm wrong, I think his ability with with his arm strength to get the ball there so quick, that allows maybe, I think, to have the receiver have that, you know, that flexibility to hit the brakes whenever they want, because I think a lot of quarterbacks, that throw would then be late. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that is some of, you know, the, the margin of error he's able to bake in for himself. Uh, he is able to, you know, that, that's a bigger margin of error than most quarterbacks are able mm-hmm. to have. Um, you know, I think you look at it's someone like Daniel Jones uh, in New York. He's trying to make some of these throws, and he doesn't exactly have the zip to make it. And a lot of those throws become late and those become interceptions. But you have a guy like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, and you have that, that little extra that you can do where you can be a tick late. And I think going back to what you said, that they don't know exactly when these routes are, are going to break off. And that's something I really caught on watching these. Diggs is watching these cornerbacks you know, so closely, and it is as soon as they flip their hips. And I think that's one amazing thing about this connection here because not only do you know star wide receivers moving teams usually not click as quickly um in the first year usually it takes about two years for uh, a wide receiver acquisition to really make a difference but for Diggs to have done that this year and in the way that they did i think is it says a lot about Diggs. i think it says a lot about josh allen the chemistry they've been able to do uh, and it, I think it says a lot about Brian Dable, too, who's been able to kind of figure it out because the Stephon Diggs we're, we're looking at, we knew he was a great wide receiver, but the things he's doing and the ways they're making this offense efficient are, are completely different than what Diggs mm-hmm. had been doing. So this offense is just playing to everyone's strength um, to, like, the maximum degree. And I think that's, that's just a great thing yeah. for everyone involved. Dan, we we spent a lot of our first hour here on the air going over how you stop or really, you can't stop him, how you really control and contain Travis Kelsey and not just have him explode for, he could have 150-plus two-touchdown games as a tight end. And the play we were referencing from last week is he is alone on the left side of the field, and it's a zone concept by the Browns, which allows Kelsey to go one-on-one with Denzel Ward, who is one of the better corners in football. And Kelsey just seems like turns him inside out and scores a touchdown on the play. And our conversation was, well, Tredavious White, like he's your shutdown corner. You often want him shadowing the other team's number one wide receiver. And I know your first thought might go to, well, Tyree Kills, their number one wide receiver. But I don't know, Dan, just because he's listed a tight end, like I see Kelsey get open against Denzel Ward last week, almost specifically with his route running. And I think mm-hmm. 
Like, the size do doesn't work out great, but I feel like I want my top corner covering Travis Kelsey. Yeah, it's, it's tough, and that's something that the Chiefs will make teams decide on doing of how to go about that because, well, like we talked about getting a guy like Stephon Diggs in the slot, they use that with Tyreek Hill so often. And not just that, they're using you know, these three-by-one sets where Tyreek Hill is the most inside guy on those three-by-one sets on the trip side, and uh, Kelsey is you know, the isolated guy. So you have to figure out who's covering Kelsey, who's going to be in the slot against Tyreek Hill, and that's just uh, the type of decision that will drive defenses crazy. And really, if, even if you have a good answer for one, there's not a lot of teams that have a good answer for the other, so that's how they'll, they'll really kill you. Um, and so much of what Kelsey has been able to do this year has gone into how defenses have tried to stop the Chiefs from that explosive play. And I've, I've written about this really all year from the first game against Houston. We saw a lot of teams just sitting back in with two high safeties uh, and not allowing the Chiefs to have that, you know, 70-yard play. They didn't want to give up these explosive plays through the air. And they're sitting back. They're giving up the intermediate a little bit, and that's really where Kelsey feasted uh, for most of the season. When teams were playing too high, Kelsey was the most targeted uh, player on that offense. When teams were playing single high and playing, you know, just straight man coverage, that's really when Tyreek Hill did most of his damage. So the Chiefs just kind of have an answer to everything. I think you saw that in the Week 6 game. Uh, where Buffalo sat back a little more than they usually would. They didn't want to get beat deep. Uh, but what they did was the light boxes. Um, Kansas City was okay running the ball. I, I don't know if they'll be o as okay running the ball. I don't think they'll be as passive, so they're probably going to pass a, a little more. And that's probably going to be going with Travis Kelsey. If you have that middle of the field, I think Matt Milano is probably going to be uh, a pretty big uh, player mm -hmm. in this game, if he can get drop, dropping back into that coverage and, and playing that intermediate middle, uh, especially if they're going to be playing too deep more and not giving up those deep passes. Because that's, that's really what a lot of defenses have done this year against the Chiefs, and they've been okay doing it. They've been okay taking these, you know, 8- to 11-yard games because they're going to complete them. Uh, and they haven't been really forcing anything deep. Uh, and that's how they've been going. And that's been keeping games a lot closer uh, than they would be. I mean, you saw it against the Bills. The Bills still had a chance to, you know, win that game at the end. Even Cleveland last week, um, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that was their strategy. They played back a lot. They didn't blitz at all. I think only a 10% uh, blitz rate. But they were leaving a lot of throws open. But still, that's, that's not giving up, like, the, the two-play 80-yard drive uh, that Kansas City was really doing well, you know, in Mahomes' MVP season and in the Super Bowl season last year. So I think if you're able to do that, even if you're giving up, you know, eight yards a clip to Kelsey or even, you know, eight to 15, I think that's fine as long as you're going to make the Chiefs work to score. I'm not sure you're going to be able to stop them, but if you can delay them from scoring probably as long as you can, I think that's how some of these teams can get in it. And I think you need an offense that's able to score. And Buffalo is probably one of the few offenses that really can do that. Yeah, Dan, that's the problem. I mean, with these teams, it's not just that they have top tier playmakers like Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, it's hard to shut these teams completely down because, you know, some teams only have that one guy, and you can have Tredavious White shadow him, but when you also have Cole Beasley and John Brown, and you also have speed like Mecole Hardman and Sammy Watkins when he's healthy, and, you know, the running backs as well, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and when you have the quarterbacks in general being mobile weapons, it's like, it's kind of just pick your poison. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you have plays where, you know, and when you have creative play callers and play designers, mm-hmm. you know, like Dave Owen, Andy Reid, you know, that adds sure. a complete extra element. I'm thinking of the, the one play for uh, Kansas City uh, last week that was the, um, that ended up being the jet sweep pass to McCall Hardman. You know, um, you know, the Bills run a lot of 10 personnel because they, uh, they have those four wide receivers they can put out on the field, but the Chiefs didn't do that. They were mostly an 11 personnel and 12 personnel team, but they come out with four wide receivers on this play. Tyreek Hill is in the backfield, um, and that's just giving a defense a look in a playoff game that they haven't seen before at all. Uh, Kansas City only played two snaps. Uh, of 10 personnel all regular season. And then they come out with this play with Tyreek Hill in the backfield, Nicole Cardman uh, coming around on, on the jet sweep, and that was about a 20-yard play. So um, when you ha- just have all of these factors that are going in, I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of points in this game. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch because between the, the personnel, uh, the coaches involved, and the quarterback, you're just making the most of everything that's on the table here. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Pizzuta, P-I-Z-Z-U-T-A. Sharp football analysis. Check out his piece on Stefan Diggs. I just retweeted it uh, on my Twitter account, so you can check it out there. Dan, thank you for joining us, and uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. Yeah, thank you guys for having me, and uh, good luck tomorrow. Yes, thank you. They'll they'll need it, Mahomes and the Chiefs. So <laughs> there is uh, Dan Pizzuta on the West Her Hotline again at Dan Pizzuta. If you're looking for his stuff, some good film analysis uh, on Twitter from Dan. We're gonna take a timeout here. If we can't jam, if if as if we couldn't jam more X's and O's into an hour. <laughs> yeah. Greg Cosell coming up next. His visit with One Bills Live, Chris Brown and Steve Tasker. Always great from Greg. I, I am going to be waking up tomorrow. I think their show starts at 5.30 a.m. I'm going to be waking up at 5 a.m. to watch ESPN matchup, NFL matchup. Dedication. That show, can we get that in like a better hour? Yeah. Like, do Why people not early? want like the X's and O's, like the informational football analysis? Not everybody. Football analysis on TV needs to get smarter. Well, it's very complex. I'm challenging some, these networks. Yeah. Get I mean, Greg Cosell on <laughs> at noon, not at 5.30. Especially considering football's the most complicated sport. Like, you, Right. I don't know. You want that stuff on the forefront. Anyways. All right. Well, we'll get to Greg when we come back. Joe and Lou DiBiase, John Simon as well. A special playoff edition of Sports Talk Saturday rolls along till 6 o'clock here on WGR. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.